0: Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast, weekly insights into everything video, proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we look at insights into different areas of the professional industry, whether it's film, television, online video, just content creation around the world with different people and different skill sets. This week we're going to be looking at color grading video editing, music videos, TVCs, comedy sketches. Julian, thank you so much for being on the show today, mate. Thanks for having me there. Do you mind just um, telling the audience uh, your full name, because I don't want to muck it up, and and what you do.
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Julian Shishinyu. It's a weird one. It is French. Um, so, yeah, I'm currently based in Melbourne, Australia, but originally from France. Uh, I've been here seven, eight years um, and working in post-production for about 12 years. Um, yeah, originally as a video editor and kind of broadcast technician and for the past seven years or so I've gone more into color grading, which is what takes, takes up most of my days at the moment, but still doing a fair bit of editing as well.
0: Awesome. And as a colorist, what sort of tools do you primarily use? Oh, probably 99
1: percent of it these days is is Resolve, like like everyone around. I think, um, but yeah, kind of started out on Apple Color, and uh, I had a bit of a speed grade phase, which was I uh, quite enjoyed, and worked on Mystica as well. But yeah, these days on my on my setup,
0: it's it's Resolve every. Yeah. Good stuff. Apple colour. Yeah, that's where I started out as well when um it got included with the Final Cut um suite way back in the day. And then um yeah. and then speed grade as well. I, I did a bit in there and was really enjoying it being integrated into premiere and being able to take the timeline from premiere into speed grade and um yeah and then it turned into Lumetri.
1: Yeah, I I I like the, the- the ease of Lumetri, but I really miss speed grade. Like Just just being able to compare your shots to each other is something you can't do in Lumetri, so it makes it hard to actually be doing any grading.
0: Yeah, I really miss the um, match color button too. That was a real <laughs> lifesaver. True. <laughs> um, so I've known you for a long time online, and it was only recently that we spoke to each other in person in preparation for this show and i've just um yeah been witness to what you're offering the community in australia um through various online groups and things and so was just really keen to have you on the show because you're such a um influential influencer in australia um scene so thank you for being on the show mate oh thank you for that thank you for having me um the group that we that I was talking about is the um Adobe pro video user group um and there's one in Australia and there's one in new zealand and you're you're contributing a lot to the Australian group. do you mind sort of explaining to the audience what that group's about and what you're what you're contributing
1: yeah um so it's it it's set up to really so the name is the apv ug which is adobe pro video user group so it's it's basically it's basically about just grouping everyone who works in video with the adobe tools but not exclusively like we all we all use different software but it's kind of kind of the the calling card and then we then we just go into any any discussion about video really so either post post-production or sometimes we we just talk uh, people have camera questions or word, random workflow questions and it's just turned into a, a nice little community where people sort of know each other but also make make new connections so I think the New Zealand and and Australia groups are about the same size about like five six hundred people which mm. and kind of all professionals and it's kind of a it's yeah it's been a nice community and we all we'll kind of help each other
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, um, the community's been really close to my heart for a number of years and John Barry, who's been on the show a couple times now, um, set up these groups and has connected with people in the local communities to get involved and so, um, I just think community and strength of being connected is so important because, when you're out there doing your job by yourself in isolation, it's 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 um it can be a really hard task. So ha- how have you caught up and met with some of the um, members of the groups at events as well?
1: Yeah, there's been there's been a few um, events. So yeah, so as you said, John set up the groups. Um, he's based in Melbourne, uh, and he I don't know if you mentioned, but he works for Adobe directly. So he he, is part of his job is to kind of run, run these groups. And I think it's really helped give people, um, a sense of, um, when they complain or not complain, when, when they, when they start talking about an issue they might might be having with Premiere. just having someone from Adobe actually there and listening, I think really makes a difference and people feel like they, they're being listened to. Um, especially because most of us came to premiere after the final cut x release where everyone felt like we weren't being listened to and we people didn't well apple didn't care about what we actually needed um so it's been it's been a good a good thing to know that adobe actually listened to <laughs> listen to what we do and what we'd like and the, the tools we'd like Implemented, so I think that's really helped the group um, grow and kind of make it uh, more alive. Because yeah, people just come in and say, "Oh, I'm um, I'd like to be able to do this. It, this doesn't work the way I want. There's a, either there's a bug or this feature is missing, and it's not falling on deaf ears. It's actually, actually being listened to, and it, it might actually be coming up in in a release, in a future release. Um, but yeah, as I said, then it's not all about Adobe products. Then there's just random discussions about the state of post production in Australia and New Zealand. That's really really nice to to get into and talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, John being the face of Adobe for Australia and New Zealand, and he really has become that for the professional video industry. Um, Adobe, really, really smart. You know, when Apple basically they have a no-talk policy. And I know that there are people listening, but they can't tell the industry that they are. And and that's really sort of hamstrung them, I know. But Adobe just taking a completely different tangent where not only are we listening, we want you to tell us what you want. And having a, a personalized um, face for the company where we interact with John really closely and he's involved and... Yeah, it's it's such a different um, company uh, approach to connecting and delivering a product for those who use it to make a living and not only make a living, yep. um, making what they're really passionate about too. People really care about these tools because it's not about the tools, it's actually about the th- work that they're trying to create. So these tools are enabling them to do that. That's really the key thing about them.
1: Yeah, and all all these tools are also a big investment, not in not not in terms of money, but just in terms of the years we spend learning them. Mm. And so, yeah, what happened with Final Cut was a bit of a yeah backstabbing, where we've been we had been working on this piece of software forever, and then had to relearn everything. Which is fine; it's fine to learn new new tools and new skills, but. With no war- with no sorts of warning or anything was a bit a bit of a um, bit of a difficult thing to to go through really I
0: think yeah yeah it was um, the first time for so many of us who had been working professionally for a long time. That had experience having to completely shift um, the tools that they were using. So, for those who were working in video throughout the 80s and 90s, they were used to a rampant, fast paced techn- technology development cycles and swapping between different products. I think that from 2000 to 2012, really, there was like this time where Final Cut Classic grew as a tool for the independents and then became a tool for professionals, we hadn't experienced that. And so I think it was a bit of a shock, but also a bit of a wake-up call that um, the tools are going to change, but it's the skills that you're using and the craft that you apply that you need to translate. But it really was... um, you didn't really feel like you had many options and premiere and adobe really stepped in and said hey we're here we're listening we're supporting you so that was it was a real opportunity for a growth for adobe really yeah totally yeah. so um i want to talk to you about color grading cuz um yep. <laughs> i know that you're a really passionate colorist and and we're going to spell colour grading and colourist um, the Australasian way, not the American way for the show notes. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> We've talked about that online before as well. <laughs> uh, it's the little yeah. things. Yeah, but um, your work is just really, really stunning, mate. I love checking out your work and what you're doing professionally. Um, I've really enjoyed the um, music video British Indi- British India um, for Precious, that, and that yep. was such a vibrant colour, and it's really interesting, you know, um, the objects that are set up and really cool colours. And um, and then seeing the destruction of those elements over time, do you sort of want to describe and um, talk to the about that project with the audience?
1: Um, yeah, sure. I I don't know if I've got a lot of to say um, about this project specifically. So that was that's um, a project made by Oh Yeah Wow, which is a, a Melbourne production company. Who I've worked a few times with since I've moved to Melbourne, and a bunch of very great people. They do a lot of um, animation, stop motion. They're kind of a big collective of very talented people. Um, and yeah, well, in in terms of color grading, I don't know if there's that much. I, I I don't feel like I I do that much in the grade in terms of in terms of like that was just filmed well and those colored backgrounds were that color on set. And it was just about, about matching and giving it a bit of a, um, I'm trying to remember as well, cause <laughs> I go through quite a few projects. You, most of my work is like half days or day one day projects. So, yeah, uh, even though that's the last thing on my website, I think I've done, I've done probably 20, 20 or so projects since then. So it, it feels like a distant mem- memory. Um, but, yeah, so... Um,
0: it's interesting um, that um, you you speak of it being shot well. And I think as a colorist, that's, that's what you really notice and what you remember about a project when it's not shot well. And that's where the hard work comes. <laughs> <laughs> when it's shot well yeah. and it's lit well. I,
1: I think I'm lucky that I've reached the point in my career where... People who have shot things well come to me, mm-hmm. rather than than having to work with really bad footage. And there's always things that you have to fix, even on great footage, just because I don't know because they were losing lights at the end of the day, and you just need to balance things, or or there's just something that went wrong, or or anything. But yeah, it's it's actually I think the the further you go in your in your career, it's the same with editing. It's probably the same. With motion graphics for you even though you're not working with with probably that much shot footage but yeah the, the further you're going in your career the more professional everyone is and so the quality the quality of everything is just elevated and so your job kind of becomes easier with time
0: interesting with motion design the brands that are bigger the creative is really solid in what they're trying to execute you just know what your target is I've worked a long time ago with where the creative was really weak and that's where it's really hard because there isn't a vision that you're trying to make and so when when you've got a really strong creative and a really strong um, piece of work that you're aiming to produce and everybody involved in their roles understands what their job is and they're just looking to make it the best, you're completely right. It it makes your job really easy because what you're focusing on is actually doing your job, not trying to... figure out what this is that we're trying to create in the first place so um, if you're thinking back of a project um, that was difficult whether it was the production of it or just the process of it is there anything that sort of comes to mind because sometimes I feel like we talk and we share about the really cool projects that we have on our reels but sometimes the reality is that we're all dealing with some sort of issue and some work at some point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, as, as a colorist, I well, because I've got both experiences of yeah, being an editor and being a colorist, I find being a colorist quite, I'm gonna say, easy in terms of pleasing clients uh, where with editing, it's kind of grueling work to just get something that makes sense sometimes, especially if it's not well shot or not well defined. And you don't, you don't. when you press play and play it to the client there, and then they're not gonna go, wow, that was amazing. Or they might, but it's pretty rare. And with, with color grading, it's just so easy to just add a bit of contrast and color and people just sitting on a comfortable couch looking at a massive screen I just just feel like you're performing magic for them so um I do <laughs> I do find I do find the collaborating process quite easy in that in that respect there's still a lot of dealing with like learning to deal with clients is probably the hardest where you've, when you've got different opinions in a room and and especially in a color grade session which which is usually quite quick and you don't have that much time to just kind of try everything and come back to it because it's kind of a bit more expensive than just sitting in an edit or or trying different colors in a in a motion graphic so there's a bit there's a bit more pressure in in that respect but yeah um yeah i do i do find i do find it a bit easier in terms of of pleasing people um, and so I kind of veered off your original question, which no, no, was, it's all good. um,
0: <laughs> a, a challenging um, project that you've been involved with.
1: Yeah. Um, there's been, Yeah, probably the more challenging projects have been the feature films I've done, especially the early ones where it's, it was more challenging because I didn't really, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I knew how to grade, but um, it's just such a long process when you're doing a feature where where, where the creative part is so is so short, where like setting up the look of the film doesn't take very long. What you spend more time doing is just matching everything. And so if you go in the wrong direction at the start, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot for the whole process. Process, um, and you're making everything harder for you if you're not organized properly. So probably, probably the more the hardest projects I've done have probably been the features. Yeah. Um, but I've I've kind of learned otherwise to kind of keep it simple. It's kind of how I like to work with grading, where I don't I don't go into a lot of keying and um, power windows and things like that most of I don't know if you look at if you look at well, I don't have a real but yeah if you look at my portfolio and you can watch any project probably 90% of shots will wouldn't would have no king or no windows or anything it's just just a simple balance to make sure everything matches and then and then kind of a look at it on top of that um, but yeah because I I spent about a couple of years grading uh, like broadcast TV uh, back in Sydney where you need to go through an hour of TV, very poorly shot with a whole bunch of different cameras where no white balance is set and uh, and, and the exposure keeps going off and everything's blown <laughs> out. And you grade that in less than a day and yeah. then people watch it on TV and say, oh, it was great, you did a great job. It's like, if you think I did a great job on that and you didn't see anything wrong with that, maybe I don't need to spend that much time keying every little detail of every shot in the other projects that I, I do. So yeah, I, since doing that that kind of fast turnaround broadcast stuff, I kind of learned to, the quicker you are and the cleaner your grade is, the kind of the less. The less you're shooting yourself in the foot of because yeah if you if you start a music video and you decide that you're going to key every every skin tone it might be easy on the first three shots but then in the next shot that actor is on on an orange or red background and that key doesn't work anymore and you need to kind of figure out another way of keying that and yeah so the more the more variables you introduce into your, your grade, the harder you're making it for yourself. Um, and I've just found that, yeah, clients have been pretty happy with have been working and I'm working pretty fast. So
0: I think that's kind of kind of my thing. Yeah, the, well, the top colorists that I know do work really fast and, um, yeah, they do take these big broad brush strokes with what they're doing. Um, yeah, and what you say seems really obvious that... Um, with something like um, a grade where you're trying to create a look for a client, if they do have changes and you've got all these, um, a lot of um, power windows and and keys and masks and things, it's going to become a real mess. So, yeah, I I think it's a really excellent point that you make that a lot of people um, starting out color grading, you do kind of get caught up in the keys and the masks and the finessing.
1: And... I did I did that myself I I remember my first my first few grades where I had yeah I had I don't know 10 notes per per shot um where and then looking back at them it's like why why did I do that I know I know I keyed that 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 skin or I know I keyed that t-shirt but why why did I spend time doing that when I could have matched the next shot better instead yeah and I've I've done I've done a bit of t- teaching as well where i've tried to yeah where people come in with no knowledge or very little knowledge and the first thing they do every time when we open resolve is they do a quick very quick bounce but then they just turn on a key or our power window and so every time i've had to do a bit of teaching i've always try and try and say oh for the first day we are not going to use any key or any any power window because it's just such an important thing to to keep in mind that it's not it's not a natural um you're kind of yet really twisting your image when you start doing these things so the more you the more you keep to the original footage the better it'll look yeah um it's kind of like with sound mixing where you spend a few too many hours on trying to get rid of background noise or something and, and then you think you've got it and you listen to it you think it's fine and then you listen to the original and you think oh, it was actually maybe better untouched or you listen to it the next day and think oh what was I thinking yesterday um, so yeah I think the less time you spend on something sometimes the the better it is
0: yeah, less time with a lot of time invested up to that point. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of experience that you're bringing into this. Um, yeah, of course, yeah.
1: and just working in passes as well, where you do as quick as you can a first pass to kind of match everything, and then you go back and tweak. So yeah. you have a bit of a like a fresh eye and an overall perspective of the whole
0: of the whole edit. Yeah, it's it's amazing um, just how much you can change with literally, you know, um, your your gain, your gamma, your mids—just those basic looks. Color yeah. is just the slightest little movement of the color um, has such a huge change, in the, and they're all working together. When I'm guiding people and how they should be grading, it's like you have you have to be working all of it together, it's not just a matter of getting your shadows right, it's the balance of the shadows, mids and highlights all together, and how they work in unison. I also wanted to ask you, mate, about vaudeville. Yeah, I've been really enjoying these videos that you've been posting online, do you want to explain what vaudeville is? Yeah, sure, so uh, vaudeville is um, a comedy
1: YouTube slash Facebook channel of um, sketches that my partner Maddie and I have been working on. So she, she writes them all or most of them. We've, we've had a few, a couple of other writers once in a while. Um, but she's been writing most of them and acting in most of them. Um, and yeah, so it was just, just doing comedy really. Um, my partner's a great writer. So it's been, it's been quite fun to do. And we, kind of do a lot of it ourselves um, where I'll often be doing everything behind the camera and she'll be on screen um, and I'll be doing post-production and yeah we've done I'm not sure how many how many we've done now but probably 20 about 25 sketches maybe that's 25 catches released, we we actually have a few that we decided we're not good enough to post, which <laughs> is kind of a, <laughs> it's, it's actually good to be able to, um, do things kind of quickly like that. It's uh, again, another example of things I like to do quickly where it's it, because it's so simple, it's okay if we kind of don't get it right because we do everything ourselves. We've got the gear mm-hmm. and most always shot by ourselves at, in our house back in Sydney or now in Melbourne. Um, it's not that big of a deal if it doesn't work. Whereas if you do a short film and invest uh, six months of your life and your money and your friend's money, you kind of have more of an obligation to, to actually get right into finish. But we've found that actually doing these things where maybe Maybe not everything is perfect, but we actually learn from each one, and, and uh, I think that we've gotten pretty good with them. Hopefully, um, where yeah, we're pretty happy with with the
0: quality of the things we're putting out right now, and it's, a
1: few of them have done. Okay,
0: they're really good, mate. They're really good. They're funny. I think it's humour that um, isn't just Australasian either. I think it would be global. But they look really slick, like the lighting and the and the grade, the composition, the camera work is is really professional and looks great. But the content is what makes it too. Like they are very funny um, skits.
1: Yeah, hopefully that's the aim. And it's it's they're kind of all a bit, sort of lightly political with well with the, they always have a bit of a message. Hopefully not trying to just be silly funny but actually try and say something at the same time
0: yeah um
1: uh, what they're
0: about yeah a house for the future uh, um <laughs> i was just yeah it was it's um satirical and just kind of makes you think while having a laugh as well you know um yeah i will have links to these so definitely check them out listeners but um it's a real statement upon what's important to us in this modern era versus how much information is out there on what we should and shouldn't be doing but yeah that one in particular i really enjoyed yeah yeah it's one of my favorites as well you've recently moved to melbourne from sydney so how how's the move been for you um yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. Um I do
1: a lot of remote work, so it doesn't change my my life that much. I've kept most of my clients. Um and I have now a few local Melbourne clients, but yeah, because because I just work from home, um it was just it was just not that big of a deal to be moving and just because Sydney is so expensive and yeah. didn't actually need to be there might as well just move away
0: so your remote clients where are they typically all based
1: um a lot of them are in Sydney um, that I've just just kept um, kept working with uh, but also I don't know a bit of bit of a uh, yeah mainly in Sydney I've had some Canadian cl- Canadian clients. Some might have had a couple from New Zealand as well, but yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot, kind of based around around Australia, um, which is actually not always that easy because of the the infam- infamous state of the internet in Australia, um, where sometimes people have problems sending me files and stuff. So we kind of revert to sending hard drives quite yeah. often. But so but yeah, I've got. Uh, uh, I I chose we chose the the house based on the quality of the internet connections <laughs> so that I could do remote
0: work. Yeah, so um, you're getting a hard drive, and then you're um, got an EDL um, and loading it into Resolve, and then grading from there. What sort of what's the typical kind of workflow for you, and and the work that you're doing um
1: so yeah so i still so for the ones that do and me that do end up sending me files they'll quite often send me like a a prores a prores flat render and an edl to do to do a split yeah um and then i'll uh, i'll put that into resolve grade it, and export back prores or dnx these days because i'm now on windows um and kind of yeah give them back whatever they gave me um, and sort of work this way pretty pretty quick that's you know, a lot, a lot of what I do as I mentioned earlier a lot of what I do is like two three four hour jobs where I'll spend yeah I'll spend a couple of hours on a on a two minute video um that I'll, I'll just get back to the client as quickly as I got it, where yeah, it seems to be kind of my niche of. Quick online content, yeah. Um, and, and then for kind of bigger projects, um, and also because I I still do a bit of editing, where yeah, people will just send me a drive, um, which I'll keep, and they'll have a copy of the drive as well. And we kind of just swap project files, so like Premiere projects. And then if I grade and render the shots, I'll just upload the graded shots, yeah, and send them back to the Premiere project for the online
0: Um, so yeah it's kind of it's pretty workable these days what about for review and approvals are you using anything um, for that or is it uh, pretty simple to just send them um, example QuickTime or mp4 of what the output is
1: yeah I've been I've been using frame.io a fair bit Um, I find with some of, with my regular clients, it's been quite good because they do use the comment feature, but all other other clients don't always. They just end up sending sending me an email with with the comments, even though they I gave them the Frame IO link. Yeah. So, uh, um, I I use I actually end up using Google Drive a lot because that's kind of the best bang for your buck uh, online storage I think. Where. Yeah. I don't know, I think it's like $3 or $10 for one terabyte of storage or something. So it's actually quite good to keep files in there. Yeah, you can upload price files directly. And, and um, the player is actually the same as the YouTube player. So the what you'll get watching on Google Drive is the same conversion and quality and viewing experience as what you'll get once it's the final file is uploaded to YouTube. So I've, I find that quite convenient in terms of clients not being disappointed with the final result because when they've been watching the the work in progress stuff, they've actually been watching it in the same conditions as to what they'll be seeing at the end.
0: Yeah, which is a hard one if a client has been sitting in, um grading suites with really good calibrated monitors and a perfect viewing environment where the light levels are right, and then um, they they go and they'll see it on a TV screen (laughs) in their own lounge, and all the settings are set to vivid or cinematic, or (laughs) (laughs) suddenly there's a call of, why does it look different? (laughs) Or if it's on a a computer monitor where, um, yeah, and uh, it's a work pc or and the, the 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 settings are not quite as good as you would expect <laughs> yeah it's interesting <laughs> to see um comments from people um when they view the content on screens that they haven't previously yeah it's kind of, it's kind of a big debate
1: i think amongst colorists of should you you pay attention as to what your grade is going to look like on a bad tv or on an imac or an iphone and personally i i do check my grades on my phone every time
0: yeah yeah
1: as well for online content at least because yeah if it's going to be for online it makes no sense to just trust uh, the grading monitor. So yeah, I'll, I'll even, so if, if I'm working remotely, I think it's actually what I prefer doing because one, I work quicker when the client's not in the room, but also when they're going to be reviewing, they're actually going to be watching it on their phone or on their computer. And that's what they're going to approve from. Yeah. So even if I'm working from my calibrate monitor and I know it looks right, at least, yeah, they, they do it on their and. Um, and if it looks fine for them it they'll be happy whereas if they come in and sit with me and look at it on the calibrated monitor and then go home and look at it on their on their iPhone and oh now it's all wrong and they need to come back so yeah when when they do come and sit in, I always um, render like halfway through the grade or till- it's the end. I'll 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 do a render and kind of yeah upload it to Google Drive and send them the link so they can actually watch it on their computer or their phone, um and make sure that they're happy with how it looks both on the grade and monitor and on their and on their end as
0: well. Yeah, we um we do a similar thing where we have our grade monitors set up, but also have a um, domestic uh, monitor. Which is similar to what audio studios do where you'll have really good sound system but they'll have um, a set of speakers that are, you know set to hear what it's like when it's not a good set of speakers. Yeah. So you're kind of looking at like, well, this is the, the best um, setup that we would hope it could be seen in but the reality is there's also the possibility that it could look like this. Just to sort of make sure that if yeah. it is being pushed into uh, highly saturated or highly contrasted, it, it's still holding up. And yeah, we we use a review tool service called um, Workfront and they have ProofHQ. And so it's kind of like Frame.io, but uh, it's different for advertising because it works across all, a lot of different media files. But the good thing about that is once that's in that review service, it's easy to also just quickly check it on the phone as well through through their mm-hmm. app. So it's, it's a real similar thing, I, I think, with so many potential ways that the content can be consumed to make sure that you're happy with when it's in all those other spaces as well. And now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. Every episode, we have the pro video picks. This is an opportunity for guests to share some of their own um, inspirations or um, who they're following, and just yeah. tools that they like as well. So, mate, yeah, I uh, struggled with those because yeah, you, you sent me that
1: in advance, and I've been thinking about it. and It's kind of a kind of hard, but let's I, go for
0: it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been wondering whether I should just hit people up on the spot or not because I for. Guests that come on the show, I've got a Google Doc that I send with lots of bits of information. I'm like, would it be easier if I just hit you up on the spot? What do you reckon? Or is it better <laughs> to have the time to think about it?
1: Oh, uh, personally, I like to have the time, time <laughs> to think about it, but I don't. Maybe everyone's different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So your yeah, pro video, so you want to know
1: my pick? Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's just so many, so many things to pick from, but what what i chose is actually just a little browser so google chrome extension called facebook Newsfeed killer which actually the only thing it does is deletes well hides your news when you're on facebook so you can't actually scroll <laughs> and look at what your friends are saying um because it's just a, such a productivity killer yeah. where um um yeah you just easily end up end up scrolling and looking and liking and commenting especially because i just use messenger to talk to people like you or any, or anyone or even clients um and then because i'm in the facebook groups um just talking like talking or helping or or just yeah discussing things it's just, just very easy to get distracted by that big block of new shiny Information that can, yep. can happen. So, yeah, I, I just have that on and I can't see my newsfeed on, on my computer. And if I really need, I just go on my phone and uh, I have a break and go on my phone.
0: It's good to separate it out. Um, yeah, because we've all got our browsers open and it is so easy to get distracted. I mean, you don't mean to. It's just like you had to go there because you're looking for something specific and then suddenly, yeah, like you say half an hour later like
1: well (laughs) when you're doing something creative it's kind of everyone i think has a tendency to avoid the hard stuff and procrastinate where yeah when grading i I don't have that issue too much but more with (laughs) editing where if you're a bit stuck on something it's easy to just oh i'll just go look at facebook for a minute and you know, ra- rather than actually think about what I'm doing and try and fix my problem, yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it does help not having that temptation. So I think that that's why I chose it as my pick. It's because it's improved my
0: productivity quite a lot. Yeah. So um, my Pro Video pick is um, a tool called Zapier. Um, it's similar to if this, then that. Um, it's about automating social media. So I'm going to be filling up your social media feeds. The reason is um, I do I do this because um, I can basically have it in Feedly, which is my RSS feeder, that I can have boards for different things. So if I have a board for After Effects, I can send it to my Pro Video podcast Slack group, and it'll go into the After Effects channel there, but I'll also send it to the Pro Video Podcast Facebook group as, as a new um, bit of info. just means that like, the, if there's content that I think is really valuable, um, you can set it to, by starring it, basically, you can populate it to the places that would enjoy that specific content. So I've got... I've got um, Feedly set up for Premiere, After Effects, Cinema 4D, Redshift, you know, really broken down. But um, I know that the end place that that content will go to, they will like that content. But it also means that you're not spending lots of time copying and pasting or um, URLs and then writing messages. It's it's a lot easier and smoother to get some really cool content out that you know that others in your industry will like. So check that out. Yeah. So, so mate, who are you following online?
1: Uh, that's another question that I had to think about a fair bit. Um, um I I try not to follow people too much well, I don't know I, I do but I'm, I'm bad at following people but um, I do spend a lot of time on the Adobe Pro video user groups so I guess that counts as following people and also the Lyft Gamma Gain forums which I recommend to anyone who's in, into color grading if you don't know about it it's just kind of a very it's just about uh, forum just about color grading for for yeah, if you've got technical or creative questions, it's a, a really great place full of the best colorists in the world are all in there, and it's a, it's a really great place to kind of get a lot of insight from people. Just even just reading, even if you don't have a question, just reading discussions there about uh, you'll have the colorists. Of big Hollywood features, we will just share a little bit of information about their about their workflow and things
0: like that where so it's,
1: it 's it's always quite interesting
0: awesome, yeah um, the groups in the community and the sharing of knowledge I, I just think it 's such a powerful um, support for everybody who 's passionate about a different area of the business. Yeah, so on Facebook, I too am part of the APVUG Adobe Pro Video User Groups for New Zealand and Australia. But I'm involved in a lot of other different ones. So there's um, colour grading groups as well as um, film and television groups for New Zealand specifically. Or there's the um, moving to Adobe Premiere, which is it's been a long time since I've moved to Premiere, but it's
1: it's a a good group yeah there's a lot a lot of the questions and kind of bug bug feature people just pointing out bugs and things like that happens in that group so it is it is a good group to keep an
0: eye on especially with the um, updates coming so much more regularly you kind of want to hear what people are coming up and the um, there was a Significant bug a couple of releases ago that came up and I think the first time I heard anything about it was in that group actually it was really quick to sort of raise hey there's an issue so really be cautious about upgrading but it's also being involved in a group like that it's really good when you're asking is it good time now to upgrade and you get a lot of feedback going yeah it's really solid at the moment on this version so definitely go for it yeah and inspirational video mate do you have one that you could share with the um audience?
1: Uh, not really i'm I'm sure that a lot of like especially editors will talk about like Watchtower of Turkey video or like, it's the one thing that clients keep asking about it's a great it's a great edit but um i'm I kind of try to look at things a bit more, can um, kind of with a bit more distance rather than just one video. I'm I'm really into um, like social media content at the moment, especially because of the comedy channel where seeing what, what people are doing and what, what works best for Facebook or YouTube in terms of do you make do your videos square? Do you do you add subtitles? Do you you put a like a, a title on top and i don't know what kind of what kind of um for, yeah what kind of um crop do you do on your video and things like that where it's it's kind of an interesting times so where where everything's changing like for example with the comedy channel with vaudeville where seeing all the, the all the, the breakdown of all the the video views and things like that where you realize that a lot of it autoplay. so you, you know that you need to grab people quickly in the first few seconds of the video, like they need to be interested straight away because they didn't actually press play, so they might not be interested, but you need to just grab them while they're there, which takes, you have about 30 seconds to actually grab people. And then most of the views on Facebook for any video is without sound, which is kind of crazy, but I think we all do it these days. Where yeah, you just you're just on public transport and you scroll and you don't you're not actually listening to it. So it's important to have subtitles. And yeah, so I, I kind of I like keeping an eye on these things uh, for this reason for the company channel, but also when clients come in and say that we want to do a video for social media, just being able to tell them this is important to do because that's how people watch
0: content online. Yeah, um, Google came in and spoke with us. They do this fairly regularly at the agency I work at, SCB. But it was interesting that they'd done a lot of research into structure of video content um, and engagement um, through social media. And they had tried different uh, structures of a commercial um, to see what the engagement and the interest and... Was And you know you have a typical 30 second TVC where the branding is always at the end quite typically for television and they tried an edit where the branding was quite in your face at the start um, especially with likes of autoplay videos on a stream. But then they also tried a real mashup of an edit uh, where it was a lot more um, disjointed and that had a lot more engagement I'm not saying that every video should just be a weird sort of mashup. There are so many different ways that you can approach how the content is structured for a particular viewing experience and that they are different and kind of think about what's going to be best for the content that you're creating and sort of rethinking the traditional linear instruction, really. it's It's been something that I've yeah. really been thinking about as well. And you're completely right with um, the likes of captions as well. Without having the audio visually, you've got to engage really quickly in those first few seconds. But also the content kind of needs to be able to live on its own without having that audio so it's really making you think about a lot of different elements for creating this content and what this content should now be yeah it's it's a really interesting one I don't think there is a right wrong way it's just being aware so you can make a strong decision for yourself yeah and
1: it it keeps changing because people just keep consuming Things different ways and, mm. and yeah, Facebook well because everything's kind of on Facebook these days They keep changing like things about autoplay and sound playing and how subtitles work Yeah, they change that pretty pretty much on a daily basis. So you really need to like keep an eye on on how that works and yeah, yeah we've seen, with the sketches what we've figured out is It kind of needs to be under a minute. Otherwise people will not sit through Um, uh, our most successful one is I think 25 seconds. It's, it's also great content, but I think the, I think just the fact that it's short makes it a lot easier for people to share and interact with, um, on top of the content being quite like people have really enjoyed that sketch. Um, um, which was, um, the one about the two girls, um, being told off for not wearing the right the right clothes by by a teacher i don't know if you've seen that one but yeah that was the the one we did uh, last year that got a bit of a viral reaction as they say
0: <laughs> love it when it goes viral <laughs> yeah, sorry i love it when it goes viral
1: yeah it's it's a nice feeling it's just then you try and replicate it and it's like well, why did this one work and not not this other one um but it's kind of part of the fun really
0: yeah, it was interesting you talking about how Facebook changes a lot. Um, it feels like that they're always trying new things and changing things. I was um, looking at um, an article about the death of organic reach for Facebook groups. Um, basically, yeah. it's this- really
1: hard. I don't know if you've seen that with your page, but anytime you post something, only well, maybe 10% of people like your page will will actually see it unless yeah. there's a bit of like people liking and sharing then then it kind of grows on its own it can grow its own, but they're really pushing people to actually pay to be displayed
0: yeah yeah it's it's um yeah i don't know if it's just going to get to a point where um people will want change and go somewhere else but it didn't really work with Google Plus, so I think people are sticking with Facebook for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, because the thing is as well, what we've seen that when we started, we had our videos hosted on YouTube and then posted the YouTube link on Facebook. And Facebook is really pushing their own content. So if you, if you yeah. post a YouTube link or versus posting an actual Facebook video, you will reach a lot more people with the Facebook video. And um, live as and it, well. It's just, yeah, that's another thing that people have been playing with a lot these days. Actually, so I don't know if I can say that because that means people will know when it was recorded. But Netflix has just done like a live live stream of just a countdown for Stranger Things, which is released, I think, now pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, just a so occasion saying, yeah, Netflix is live. and It was just a video of a countdown. To Say Stranger Things is going to be online in four hours or something,
0: which is funny because actually (laughs) my inspirational video was actually Stranger Things season two (laughs) because I have been hanging out for that show because yeah, and uh, and um, keeping you from it. No, no, um, I'm very dedicated to this podcast, so (laughs) it it is um, it's it's. Probably third priority in my life, the podcast, family first, then work, and then the podcast at the moment. <laughs> and then after that, <laughs> Stranger Things too. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a cool show, though. I mean, I am, did you watch season one? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did.
1: I probably didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else,
0: but it, it is a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good shows out there. Um mate where can people follow you online where's the best place for them to go um for following me
1: i don't know if that's very interesting i think the best (laughs) place for people to follow interesting stuff is following the the comedy channel vaudeville which is mainly on facebook um um, i think you'll just share the links because so it's called vaudeville v-o-d-v-i-double-l-e yeah, it's probably easier to just post the link rather than me spelling out the HTTP address. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where a lot of my time goes into. Um, I've got an Instagram, which I don't use too much, but it's always, I just post uh, stills of my grading work on there. And that is called Coolerist, which is, um, kind of a mix of French and English so it's the french word for color and then just colorist basically um i'm not even sure how to pronounce it but um and then yeah i've got i've got a website with all my work as well and i post a lot into the yeah apvug australia group i'm there a lot or just
0: either posting stuff or answering people's questions when i can yeah, you're awesome at answering the questions. You're yeah, you're always in there really quickly and helping with some great it's, information. I, I, sometimes it's actually to be
1: honest. Sometimes I don't actually know the answer, but I'm pretty good at googling stuff, or <laughs> I just like to say, "Oh, I didn't think about that," and I'll just have a look and check check myself. Oh no! no you've let um, everyone know so, your yeah, secret. Just end up- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My, well, basically, my my life hack is I'm very good at googling stuff.
0: really. nice. nice. There's a lot of information. <laughs> you just got to know the right Google search terms. Yeah, that's that's how it works. <laughs> I think they should teach that at school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you can follow me, listeners, at um Pro Video Podcasts, whether that's um on Facebook or Twitter. And I'm also at Blair Walker on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, click on the show notes for this. And there's links to the Slack group as well. Love to have you there. But we'll have all the show notes with all the links that we've talked about on this episode. So yeah, check them out and join the groups. Share to the community. Contribute. And then, um, yeah, answer, answer questions with a real quick Google and you might be um, considered a legend in the community. As <laughs> you are, Julian. You are really, you've been an awesome contributor, not only answering people's questions, just, but just being involved with the community through these groups. So I think you're doing an amazing job, man.
1: Oh, thank you. It's pretty fun. And when you when you work from home and don't see people during the day, it's quite nice to just interact with strangers or people online
0: and make new friends too. Like we literally yeah. have met through these groups you and I.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, true. Awesome mate. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really really appreciate it. Ah, oh, my pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me and sorry for the terrible French accent. <laughs>
0: it's it's foreign and engaging. It's um not terrible at all, mate. But yeah, really enjoyed having <laughs> you on today. Thank you. Okay, and listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, if you have enjoyed it or any of the other shows, please share it on your social media networks. The more that you share it, the more others will hear it. And um, yeah, just looking to build great content for you to enjoy. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at ProVideoPodcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes.